0: Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Good morning. I hope everyone is feeling well. So, I was thinking, not too much, I'm not going to lie, I don't overthink these types of things, I, I really don't, but I was thinking in my heart, and I'm like, God, what should I share today, or what is speaking to me, and you know, and I'm not going to ask anyone to raise their hands, but I just want you to think for a moment, if you woke up this morning, and if you were wishing for more, if it was difficult for you to be grateful for whatever it was that you had in this very moment, if you felt like you just, you want more, you need more, you feel that you deserve more. And this is such a common thing for us to do. We're humans, of course we're gonna want, we have desires, and that's not a bad thing. And then I started to think a little bit more on that because of course I had my own desires and wants, but what centers me is my breath. I wish more people understood how, what a blessing our breath is. In the yogic traditions, the breath translates to prana and prana means your life force. Your breath is your life. That is the life within you. There is nothing you can't do without your breath. And you woke up and you had that today. So if you had a moment today or in the past where you just felt like what you had wasn't enough, I want you to really think about how much you have with the breath that God has blessed you all with. Amen, my friends. So let's take some time here to just breathe together collectively, united here, connected to God make sure you have a nice tall spine allow your eyes to close and you can place your palms either up or down whichever feels best for you and let's begin to deepen our breath slowly inhaling nice and big and then vocal exhale Slowly inhale, nice and big, allow yourself to fill out, and then slow, exhale, release. Allow the belly to expand as you inhale, nice and big, and as you exhale, just allow the belly button to go towards the spine. We want to think that with every breath, we're creating space within ourselves. We're expanding. And as we exhale, we sink deeper within ourselves, deeper within the truth of our being. You see, with every breath, we expand, open ourselves up to receive. And as we exhale, we allow God to sink deeper into our being into our hearts. With every inhale, we move past any limiting beliefs. We let go of all the uncertainties and doubts. When we exhale, we sink deep into the knowing that God is with us, that God is guiding us, moving in and through us. It is with our breath that we are brought to the present moment. When we live within the breath, we are not caught up into the past or searching out into the future, but rather we sink deep into the now, into the very moment where God speaks to you, where God illuminates you and fills you up with all of his love. You see, when we inhale, we let go of all that has happened. And as we exhale, we sink deep into the now, into the moment where we are loved and held by God. We allow our breath to bring us back to the love that is within us. Our breath gives us enough time to let go of all the fear. It welcomes in the peace and the strength of God. You see, when we live in the mind, all of our thoughts begin to consume our being. And we start to believe that we are our thoughts. But when we sink deeper into the breath, into our life force, the breath that God blessed you with, we are now deep within our true essence. There is no fear within our essence. There are no doubts or uncertainties when God made you. There is forgiveness in our hearts when we are connected with our breath. We allow ourselves to feel light because we know that we are protected and lifted by God. We no longer have to carry the burdens on our shoulders because we trust in God so much that we release control. We release the need to know And instead we live in a state of gratitude for all that we have. And if all that is is our breath, we are that much more grateful for our breath and our connection to God, His love, His presence, His protection is all that we really need. So when we inhale nice and big, really allow the belly to expand. We start to affirm this truth. And as we exhale, we just let it all go. We allow a smile to be placed on our face. We allow the shoulders to come down a little bit more. And now we allow ourselves to observe our true nature, the true peace within each and every one of us. It is within the stillness that we are most connected to God. It is in these moments that we can hear Him, Remind yourself that God speaks in many ways. Allow him to speak to you in his own way. Allow him to touch your heart, to open you up. Welcome him into your being so that you can be a vessel, that he can work in and through. But for this, we must truly let go. We must surrender and trust. So together we take another deep breath, inhaling nice and big. Vocal. Take a moment to sit with yourself. Sitting with the God that lives inside of you. place our left hand on our heart and our right hand on our belly I want you to feel the heart beating you're full of purpose my friends you are not here on accident there are no mistakes when he created you you are completely perfect in every way he knew who he created when he created you It is time for you to know who you are created to be. You are a child of God, my friends. Let's breathe in his breath, inhale nice and big. And then vocal. My friends, you can release your hands, take your time. When you're ready, you may gently bring the awareness back in, blink eyes open. May peace and love always be with you. Amen, my friends. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Happy Sunday.
0: Happy to be here with you all. Have a little update about the uh, facility situation. I know a couple months ago I had brought up that Hartway was in search of a new location and I was asking for a lot of help and support in that regard. We had a bunch of our realtors here looking for spaces every day and thankfully this week we were able to uh, sign a two year lease to renew um, our partnership with this church here. So that's a great thing, yeah, that's a great thing. Now, I know some of you are like, wait a second, Danny, didn't didn't you say that they wanted to double the rent? I did. Oh, so do we have the money to pay for it? Well, you see what happened was, we're walking by faith, not by sight. So I am calling on our community to support in whatever way you can. And there's so many people that listen online, they're watching online, and they are asking, "How can we help?" You can help by giving money. Yeah. Really, it's a great way to help. Also, showing up and just being here, and bringing your energy and your positivity and, and your fullest self. But uh, we need resources to be able to do this. So, uh, I want to encourage you to go to heartwaychurch.com/give, set up recurring giving, or do whatever you can, whenever you can. Uh, we need it. We need it. And then. Once we're able to stabilize and the rent is not an issue, we can begin to prepare and plan for the future. And so thankfully, there's been a lot of people that have uh, come alongside of me and helped me to develop somewhat of a long-term vision for where Heartway is going. And we want to have our own space. We want to have a spiritual center that we can... Uh, build community in day in and day out, all throughout the week, offering different services to our community so that people can experience healing in all of these different ways. So that's the, that's the goal. And we also have a fund called Home for Heartway. So as you give, and you wanna go above and beyond, Home for Heartway Fund, we're gonna use these next two years to build that up and then see what happens. And maybe after two years, we'll stay here again another two years, but we're still going to have our eye on that prize of our own space one day. And so thank you all for being on the journey with us. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes, and it's been a fun ride so far, right? It's been been pretty cool. So I want to start by reading this passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. I love this scripture because it holds in tension this beautiful duality between the grace of God bringing about change and transformation in our lives and you and I putting in the effort to change ourselves. Those two truths are not mutually exclusive. It's the paradox at the heart of every human being's spiritual journey. You are 100% responsible for your transformation, and God is 100% deserving of all the credit for it. That's how it works. No one can change you but you. No one can walk your path for you. No one can do the work on your behalf. You've got to put in the effort. You've got to take the time. So if life feels like it's a drag and you feel like you're swamped in drama and negativity and difficulty and hardships, change is going to involve you making a decision to wholeheartedly pursue transformation. And it begins from the inside out and it requires a lot of effort. This is why the Apostle Paul uses the word work. And I love that word work to describe the spiritual journey. Because spirituality is essentially about you working on you. And I would go as far to say that the most important work that you will ever undertake as a human being is the work that you put into yourself. There's nothing better you can do for your family. There's nothing better you can do for your relationships. There's nothing better you can do for your career and your future. There's nothing better that you can do for society than to work on yourself because internal transformation produces external effects. When you change who you are on the inside, you change what you see on the outside. So even if your situation is not different, if you change, the way you experience that situation will radically change as well. That will be a totally different experience. So if you're going through a breakup, that's gonna feel a lot different if you go through it with an open heart or a closed heart. If you're going through financial difficulties in your life, that's going to feel a lot different if you go through it with a sense of belief and confidence in your abilities, or if you go through it feeling really insecure and life's all against me. Two totally different ways of going about those experiences. If you're going through health issues, if you've lost someone that you love, that's going to feel a lot different if you approach it with acceptance, Instead of resistance. So it's all about your approach to life. It isn't so much the circumstance that's making things difficult for you. As much as it is your approach to it. And doing the inner work is about shifting our approach to life. And in my opinion, the best approach to life is the approach that takes life as it is. Because we're always imposing our own expectations onto life. We have a whole bunch of ideas of how life should or shouldn't be but when you surrender your life to god like all the way fully and i use that word surrender intentionally and often when you surrender your life to god completely it's not your life anymore you have thought that this was your life up to this point which is why things are so frustrating because you think you're the captain of your own ship and you are in control of your own destiny But things never go fully according to our plan. When you surrender, it's not your life anymore. God has been at the helm of this whole thing the whole time. And so if you want to live in tune with God, that involves you learning how to follow life's lead. God is the author of our lives. God is the one that is writing our story. And so life is always going to give you everything that you need for the evolution of your consciousness, for the expansion of your soul, for the growth of your inner self. So again, the paradox that I want to focus on today is this. The power to change your life is in your hands, and that power does not come from you. It is by the grace of God that you are that what you are. It is by the grace of God that you are becoming what you are becoming. And yes, you're the one putting in all the work, but God is the one that gives you the ability to do it in the first place. You are drawn to God because God has been drawing you to himself. The only reason why you're even working on yourself is because God has already been working on you. God started working on you way before you ever started working on yourself. And that's true of every human being. So we can't even take pride in our own, you know, personal and spiritual development like so many of us do. God is the one that has given you this ability. It's grace, it's grace, it's grace. Look at this quote from St. Augustine. It says, grace is not given because we have done good works, but in order that we may be able to do them. So it's also important to recognize the role of grace when it comes to our material successes and advancements in life. You are not successful solely because of you. No human being is a one man or one woman show. You are what you are because other people have helped you. And there are many other external factors involved in you being as successful as you are. If we're honest, we would be willing to say that there is an element of luck, even chance, when it comes to success. I like to use the word grace. It's grace. It's a gift. And when you begin to saturate in the truthfulness of that, then you begin to ask the question, why me? Right, like, I was placed in a position where I was in the right place at the right time and I got the right opportunity, or I was born into a situation that was really beneficial for me that not everybody else got to experience. So why me? I don't know. But what I do know is, who am I to think that I'm better than somebody else because of what I have? What I have has been given to me. It's grace. It's a gift. Of course, this is not how the world thinks, but as the scriptures say, pride comes before the fall. Even if you think you did it, it's better for you to give God the credit for it. So having this understanding of grace is what allows us to live our lives, pursue our dreams, pursue our personal transformation with a sense of humility and with a sense of gratitude because you know any progress that I make in life is a gift it's grace so I don't have to rush myself on this path I don't have to pressure myself to be at another stage of my development I don't have to beat myself up if I'm struggling or if I have weak moments and the best part of Living in the realization of grace is that it prevents you from developing this spiritual ego where you start to think that you are better and more superior than others because you're so spiritual. That self righteousness is so icky. And it's not just the really religious people that do this, it's also all the cool spiritual people who don't care about religion as well. We all do the same thing. So, Grace, grace, grace. And grace unfolds in our life as an ongoing process. So a lot of people tend to think of spiritual growth as a linear progression, which means there's only backward and forward movement. I'm either making progress towards my goal Or I'm not. This is why in in Christianity, they use the term backsliding. Anybody familiar with that term? Oh, yeah. So and so they're backsliding right now. You know, they're really backsliding. But when this is your mentality, it's very easy to get discouraged, to feel guilty, to feel ashamed when you revert back to old patterns. Because sometimes you'll start thinking to yourself, man, I thought I would be past this. I thought I was beyond this already. I thought I worked on this a long time ago. And here I am dealing with this same issue again. I thought I was more advanced than this. Then we start beating ourselves up. And the guilt immobilizes you. So rather than thinking of the spiritual journey as a linear progression, I want to offer to you another perspective. What if we began to think of the spiritual journey as a cyclical process, a cyclical process. So think about the spiritual journey as if you were going up and around a mountain. Eventually, as you keep going up and around, you're going to go back to the same side that you were previously. But this time, you're going to be looking at that view from a higher vantage point with greater clarity than you were able to before. That's how it works with our flaws and with our weaknesses. You don't just deal with this stuff once and then it's gone forever. No, a lot of our core issues that we carry with us, we will carry with us for the rest of our lives. These things have to be revisited repeatedly. But when you're on the spiritual journey and trajectory, yes, you may be dealing with the same issue, but now you're dealing with that issue from a different level of maturity. You have a higher vantage point. You see things with more clarity. So at this stage, even though you're still wrestling with that one core issue that you've been dealing with for so long, you're able to receive insights now that you weren't able to receive a year ago or two years ago because you've been through some stuff. You're more experienced now. Don't get discouraged if you keep reverting back to old patterns. God loves to teach us old lessons in new ways. So you're going to be learning the same old lesson over and over and over again (laughs) in a million different ways. You want to know one of the big lessons Danny Prada has to learn over and over and over again? (laughs) Stop caring about what other people think about you. Danny, why are you so concerned about what other people think about you? And I have to learn that lesson over and over again. And guess how I have to learn that lesson? Hearing about the way some people think about me. Oh. Lord have mercy. But that's my lesson. One of them. I have a few other ones. It's tough out here in these streets being a being a single man, having desires. We ain't gonna go there today, though. That's right, What'd you say? Yeah. Yeah, let's get back to grace, guys. (laughs) Honestly, though, this is why doing the inner work is so terrifying for people, because you have to face yourself. You have to deal with your stuff. You have to get real. And it's hard for us to deal with our emotions. It's hard for us to deal with our trauma. It's hard for us to deal with the baggage. I was uh, facilitating... a spirituality support group at a recovery center uh, last week, and I was talking to a guy. And as he was sharing about his journey in recovery, I could tell he was speaking as if he had a lot of self-awareness. And so I just asked him a very direct question. He was telling me that he had gotten to a point where he'd almost overdosed and died, but he still went back. He still went back. So it's like he felt like he had no control. He was powerless. And I said, have you gotten to the root? Have you been able to identify what is that core issue that keeps you going back? And he said to me, Danny, I don't like to feel. I don't like to feel. Look at this quote from Carl Jung. He says, people will do anything no matter how absurd, to avoid facing their own souls. And we all do this in our own way. But the truth is, all of those feelings that you refuse to deal with don't just go away. They don't just disappear because you drank the night away. They will still be there. And you got to deal with it. And if you don't deal with it in a healthy way, Those emotions will show themselves in very unhealthy ways that can end up making life really difficult. So doing your inner work means diving head first into your own baggage, going on this path of self-exploration, self-understanding. It's about shining the light of your awareness onto everything that you've kept in the shadows. All of the stuff that you keep in the dark that you don't like to show other people, it's bringing that to the light and dealing with what's there. You got to deal with it. You can't change it until you face it. And you can't face it until you accept that it's there. So that means you have to care more about your freedom than your self-image. That means you have to care more about truth than how other people perceive you. Because being vulnerable means showing people that you're human and that you bleed too. And not, not feeling this need to give off an image of yourself as if you're doing fine when you're really not. Is this a painful process? Of course, very painful process. But as you continue to do your inner work, you'll, you're, you're going to gain this incredible superpower of turning your pain into power you turn your pain into power. And when you turn that pain into power, you'll be able to look back in your, at your life and be like, I'm actually better off because I went through that. I'm, I'm literally better off because that happened to me. Why? Because I used it as a catalyst for growth and transformation. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste the pain. Use it. I heard someone say once that the fear of life is really just the fear of emotions. Think about that. How can you be afraid to feel? Fear is a feeling. So if you're feeling fear, you are literally feeling one of the most difficult emotions that there is to feel. There's one psychiatrist that says there are only two emotions, love and fear. All of our positive emotions derive from love. All of our negative emotional states derive from fear. Anxiety, depression, all of that stuff is a derivative of fear. So if you're feeling fear, if you're afraid to feel, it's because you're already feeling the fear. So just work with that. Just start there. Work with the fear. It's already there. And the more comfortable you become with the fear, the more you understand it, the more you befriend it, the less power it has over you. And that's how it works with all of our emotions. We have to learn how to work with what is there. We are afraid to feel, but we're already feeling the fear. So just start there. Start there. Know it, understand it, and it begins to lose, lose its power in your life. I want to end with one last quote. Pema Children, she says, Things falling apart is a kind of testing and also a kind of healing. We think that the point is to pass the test or to overcome the problem. But the truth is that things don't really get solved, they come together and they fall apart. Then they come together again and fall apart again. It's just like that. The healing comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, for relief, for misery, and for joy. Let's pray. God, may you grant us the strength to do our inner work. May you grant us the power to heal from our emotional baggage, and may you grant us the recognition to know that every good thing in our life comes from you. It is all grace. It is all a gift. Amen. 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 All right, everybody. Thank you for being with us. God bless you, and we'll catch you uh, next Sunday.